The ghost of Chaz, the Capitol Hill autonomous zone, is still haunting the city of Seattle. Just a couple of nights ago, 150 people gathered at the Cal Anderson Park, the former location of the Chaz, and then romped about the town, smashing windows, damaging businesses and setting fires. Some even reported an explosion at a local business. And you have to wonder, where are the police? Well, first of all, they struggled to even get rid of the Chaz in the first place. It existed for quite some time and people literally died. And now they're still not doing anything. There's actually a relatively simple reason. And I'll bring up in just a second. You see, I have to wonder why it is this keeps falling on Donald Trump and the federal government to deal with. Why is Trump needing to send federal agents across the country in Operation Legend? Why did Trump need to send in CBP, ICE, U.S. Marshals in Operation Diligent Valor? That's what's going on in Portland. They're two different operations. In Portland, these far leftists have been trying to breach the building, have literally done it on more than one occasion. And the police in Portland will do nothing about it. In fact, the mayor himself, as most of you probably know by now, joined in the riots, not the rioting, but he was there with the rioters while they're lobbing commercial fireworks. He's also the police commissioner. As soon as he leaves, yeah, then the police declared it a riot. So why aren't the police doing anything? Well, obviously, politics are at play. And you know what? It's going to backfire miserably against the Democrats. And it is. Donald Trump is now slamming the Democrat mayor of Portland. Well, not very kind words for the man who actually joined the rioter, the, the riots. But now we're actually seeing Trump's approval rating start starting to go up as this rioting continues. We're seeing support for Black Lives Matter going down. We're seeing opposition to Black Lives Matter going up. Now, here's the simple reason why Trump has to be the one to go and do this. A court has ruled that the police in Portland and Seattle can't use riot control munitions. So they're basically doing nothing while the crime is skyrocketing across this country. What do we get? Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago has told Trump, you're not sending those feds in here. In Philadelphia, they've said we will arrest federal agents. Yet what do we get instead? In Chicago, in the middle of the night, they took down a statue of Christopher Columbus. What? It's the same thing we hear over and over again. They're not dealing with the crime. They're not dealing with the rioters. In fact, they're giving in to these people, just giving them whatever they want. And the American people do not like it. I've got receipts to prove it. So what can you expect? All of this, what the police are doing and standing down, all of these pathetic attempts to claim that Trump is sending in the secret police will backfire on Democrats because the American people do want law and order. The American people also don't like racism, so they can be sympathetic to Black Lives Matter protests. But when the riots don't stop and when they start getting worse, like we're seeing now in Seattle, roving band breaks into Seattle businesses, setting fires, looting. You mean the looting is back? That was supposed to have been over in early June. Nope, it's back. And Seattle will do nothing to stop it. I actually have the report from a local news outlet saying their hands are tied. Judge says you can't use these munitions, so they're not going to do anything, apparently. Well, then I guess the only response is for Trump to send in more uh, CBP special response team units or whatever, or unit or whatever you want to call it. But here's, here's the, the main issue. Trump is not actually sending in federal law enforcement to patrol the streets. No, Trump is just sending in these federal officers to protect federal jurisdiction. That's it. The cities will have to deal with themselves, the fend for themselves. This may, in, in my opinion, swing 
the House and the Senate for Republicans because the Democrats are actively supporting this. I'm sorry, but they are. In Seattle, a, a Democratic councilwoman is actually leading the protests as they go to politicians' homes. So who do you think the people of these cities are going to vote for? Why the Democrats? Mayor Ted Wheeler literally joined them. To me, this is insane. And Trump is now threatening to send 60,000 more federal agents throughout the country. He's not taking it lying down. And I believe the American people are going to like it. Let's get started and read the news. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. The best thing you can do is actually two things. Make sure you subscribe because about half of the people who watch aren't actually subscribed, but also share this video. I do not have the capability to compete with CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. But if all of you who watched shared the video, then I probably would do better than those channels. So if you really do think I'm doing a good job, then please consider subscribing and sharing the content. Let's read the first story from Como News. A destructive roving band broke into several businesses Wednesday night and set fire to merchandise in some of the stores. The group of about 150 people first gathered at Cal Anderson Park at about 9 p.m., then roamed about the Capitol Hill neighborhood doing massive amounts of property damage, looting, shooting fireworks, committing arson, according to police reports. Individuals from the group broke the windows of a business in the 1400 block of East Olive Way and then started a fire inside the two-story commercial building. Seattle firefighters extinguished the blaze. No injuries were reported. Then the group made its way. They're they're seriously giving us a play-by-play of a roving band of rioters destroying businesses. They went down 11th Avenue, breaking more businesses, more windows, breaking, yeah, more businesses' windows. Some people in the group then broke into a business, stole merchandise, and put it in the middle of the street where they lit it on fire. There's no rhyme or reason to this stuff. It reminds me of that movie, uh, The Dark Knight, the Batman one, where Batman, you know, played by, uh, uh, was it Christian Bale, is trying to figure out the Joker's motive. Why is the Joker doing these things? And Michael Caine says, some people just want to watch the world burn. Why was, why was this man stealing these rubies and then tossing them into the trash? Good sport. That's what Michael Caine said. So why is it these people are destroying these businesses, stealing merchandise, but then setting it on fire? Some people just want to watch the world burn. The owners of Likelihood Seattle, a local business selling men's and women's shoes, said their store was hit by the group, but police told them nothing could be done. Police are doing nothing. Minneapolis is seeing a ton of cops quit. We got an op-ed from an NYPD detective talking about what's really going on. So I can't entirely blame the police. They're demoralized. They're resigning. They're quitting and their hands are tied. But what do you think these people of Seattle are going to be thinking to themselves when they're being told the police said there is nothing they can do about it? Sorry, your business was destroyed. Too bad. What do you want us to do about it? The group then went to Broadway and Madison, where individuals used baseball bats and pipes to break all the windows at a Whole Foods store. They threw fireworks into the store and then began looting. And that's not even all of it. Apparently, there was an explosion. There was some uh, some explosion that happened. Here we have this tweet explosion at newly built Uncle Ike's on Bellevue and Olive in Capitol Hill. Graffiti on the building reads gentrifier. Heavy police and fire on the scene closed for at least one block. Well, you can't really see anything in the photo, so it's hard to know exactly what happened. It's just a picture of a cop. But we have an update. The federal judge overseeing the consent decree over Seattle police has decided to leave the city's ban on crowd control weapons in place. 
U.S. District Court Judge James Robart declined to stop the city council's ban, but said the ordinance will need to be reconciled with SPD's court approved policies on crowd control and use of force. This is the city council's ban. The federal court says we're not getting involved. So apparently the ban will be upheld. The police can do nothing to stop the riots. Well, there's things they can do. Let's be honest, but they can't use crowd control measures. I'm sorry, Seattle. If you live in these cities and you vote for these people, well, this is what you can expect. I don't know what else to tell you. If you if you want to open your business, they're going to come smash it up. Now, what do we hear from CNN about Portland and, and you know, P- Portland particularly? It's only a tiny 12 block radius where all the violence is happening. Most of the city is fine. Yes, that's true. But does that make any of these people's businesses and, you know, uh, homes less important? Think about how insane that sounds. Oh, the, the right wing is acting like all these cities are all burning down, but it's only this one area of Capitol Hill that's been under occupation and now is, and, and now is being ransacked. And there was an explosion reported and they're calling them gentrifiers. But these people, it's fine. It's only a few people. You know what, man? I, I respect an individual's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I will not personally tolerate people infringing the rights of even one person. That's why I'm willing to say, hey, police reform makes sense. We should not stand by in the face of real police brutality. We absolutely should call that out because people's rights matter. But so do all of these other people who have businesses who pay for the police. Already, there's people in Capitol Hill businesses that are suing the police in the city because the police didn't do anything. If you pay taxes for police and the police won't protect you, why do you have to pay? Well, of course, you have to pay your taxes. Then you should expect police to come and protect you. Well, I got good news. Although Donald Trump will not be deploying federal agents to your businesses, which many of you may actually want, Donald Trump will be deploying federal agents into Seattle, and maybe that will draw the attention of the far left to the court buildings. Maybe that was the goal of Trump's operation in Portland. Maybe he can say it. Listen, if we weren't there at the courthouse holding back these these riots, they'd be going around smashing the windows of your businesses. Maybe people know this. Maybe they don't. Maybe there are a lot of people who realize I'm, I'm glad the feds are here to deal with these people at the very least. Donald Trump the other day, he said he's going to be sending in a tactical border team to Seattle. Now, look, you may be hopeful that they'll come and help you, but they're just going to be protecting federal buildings. Unfortunately for some people, they are not the evil, oppressive group patrolling the streets that the left has portrayed them to be. And the reason I say it's unfortunate is because, first of all, in Portland, they're not evil. They're enforcing the law. Second of all, they're not secret. They have badges and they have IDs. But more importantly, if they were just protecting businesses, most people would probably probably be happy. I've stated this when, you know, when Trump talked about sending in FBI, DEA and ATF into Chicago, I'm from Chicago and I, I welcome that. Instead, what do we get? Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the middle of the night took down a statue of Christopher Columbus. Who cares? Who wants that? Oh, the rioters. Let me make this very clear for you. In many of these cities, the government is actually taking part in the rioting. When the protesters go out and pull down statues and destroy them, go and loot businesses. What is what what what, what is the government doing? They're protecting the protests. They're lying for them. In Portland, they're suing the feds on behalf of the far left mob. And then they actually just say, don't worry, we'll take the statue down for you. So when you come out and say, please protect our community from these these crazy people, they say, no, we're going to help them destroy these statues. 
Most people don't want this. I've got the receipts. We'll get to that data. But check this out. Donald Trump, he's getting pretty fierce. He's getting fierce. Donald Trump threatens to send 60,000 federal agents into more cities. You need to understand how many that is. We have like eight or 9,000 troops in Afghanistan right now. Trump is saying, I am going to surge more than you could ever possibly imagine. And you know what? If these local politicians, mayors, and police are joining in, and they are in Portland like Mayor Ted Wheeler, and they are in Chicago, and in Columbus, Ohio, and in Philadelphia, then maybe the feds need to come in to protect the actual people. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. Unfortunately, they mostly can't. You know, the FBI can assist local law enforcement. They can operate where they have jurisdiction. They can operate when these people cross state lines. But the cities and the states have to be the ones doing it. All Trump can really do is protect federal jurisdiction. And that's what you're going to get. You want to know what's happening to, to these feds that are going out and doing this? They're being maimed. I'm not exaggerating. While some people have been injured, yes, it's always unfortunate. Don't act like, like it, it's not affecting the police. T- take a look at what they've done in, in, in Portland. Three federal officers in Portland are in danger of losing their eyesight permanently because the far left have come out with high powered, very dangerous lasers. Presumably, these are the kinds that can actually start fires. And you see them shining them in the, in the eyes of these officers. Well, now three may permanently lose their eyesight. The riots that we saw in Seattle the, the other day, they're not, they're not the only ones in recent, in recent uh, history in the past couple of weeks because I did cover the other ones. Look at this group carrying baseball bats, targeted businesses, injured offices during Seattle demonstrations. I wondered to myself, when this story came out the other day about the riots in Seattle, in Capitol Hill, how did I miss this? You know, usually I'm on top of things. I'd have reported on this right away. It's because I saw the story and I genuinely thought it was the same story. An echo. You ever see Minority Report? The same, the same crime happens twice. Yeah. When the story came out about the the group with bats roaming around, you know, smashing up businesses, I was like, that already happened. That must be the old story from back on July 19th. Nope, it happened again. And then I realized, wow, maybe that's why Trump needs to send in these feds. It's because they're planning on going out and rioting again on Saturday. And the police are basically just standing down like they're doing in Portland. So Trump says, you know what? We'll protect our buildings. The rest of you are on your own. And if you don't like it, well, we're going to protect our buildings. And that's what you get. So I wonder how the police feel about this. Well, I have an op-ed to show you. I want to read it for you. NYPD detective on quitting, kneeling, and the demise of the city. This is from June 27th. It's from a long time ago. A month ago seems to be a long time ago. I want to read, I want to read you just a little bit because I have more news on Minneapolis and what the American people want. So let's, let's first see what a cop says. He says, I could have stayed. Actually, is this, uh, let me read this. A police NYPD detective set to retire soon with 20 years under his belt tells the Post's police chief bureau, Tina Moore, why he is leaving. He says, I could have stayed a little longer. I haven't been happy with the job for the last two or three years, but now it's gotten to the point where it's just absolutely ridiculous. I can only speak for the Bronx because I've worked in the Bronx my whole career. And what's going on with the DA's office and the bail reforms, the absolute absence of backing the cops coming from, you know, from city, city hall down. It's really bad. He says, it's a lot more difficult for the cops who have had, who have a lot of time on when things were a lot different to see what it's become. 
I think it's a lot more difficult for them than it is for the younger cops who are walking into it now. The cops are sitting ducks. Kneeling was the white flag. The kneeling eliminated what little hope the cops had. The kneeling sacrificed the cops. You get the point. This is a demoralized cop talking about the riots, the reform. And I'm telling you this now, when they are, when they are putting a cop in Atlanta, when they're putting him on a charge, they've charged him with, with felony murder. He could potentially be hit with a death penalty. That's happening in Atlanta. You think the cops are going to go out and do anything? Nope. Crime is skyrocketing. Bring you now to Minneapolis. This is a new story from the New York Times. Minneapolis police experienced surge of departures in aftermath of George Floyd protests. The retention and recruitment problems that many police departments have experienced in recent years are especially pronounced after four Minneapolis officers were charged in Floyd's death. July 21st. Yeah, it's like a 20, 20% surge. Check it out. Quote, it's almost like a nuclear bomb hit the city and the people who didn't perish are standing around. Officer Rich Walker Sr., a 16-year police veteran and union official, said of the mood within the department. I'm still surprised that we've got cops showing up to work, to be honest. Yep. Cops are totally demoralized. The riots are still happening. Mass looting hitting Seattle. 57 nights in Portland, a state of emergency in Utah, a state of emergency in Atlanta, protests in Memphis and Rochester. Protests. I mean, real ones. These things are riots and it's not calming down. And when Trump says we're only going to protect our jurisdiction, they attack him. They blame him. I think the American people are getting fed up. The Washington Post reports Americans support Black Lives Matter, but resist shifts of police funds or removal of statues of Confederate generals or presidents who were enslavers. That's right. It's true. Most Americans do support Black Lives Matter. Among white voters in this country, they now overwhelmingly oppose Black Lives Matter. The riots have caused them to now oppose Black Lives Matter. Among almost every demographic, opposition to Black Lives Matter has gone up. Does the, is that the fault of the rioters, the protests? I'm not going to pretend to know. I think the riots. Now, who's rioting? You can argue the far left has co-opted Black Lives Matter. That's a fair point. The optics are bad. In Portland, they put Black Lives Matter signs up on the barricades at the federal courthouse. There it is. They're flying the insignia of the left. So regular people are going to say, these people have gone too far. And when Trump says he's sending in the troops, I'm willing to believe that his poll ratings are going to start climbing. A lot of people didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it at first. I said Trump was walking into a trap. I thought that it was going to make him look bad. I was wrong. I admit I was wrong. The polls are certainly starting to show the opposite. But first, let me ask you a question. If you lived in a city with some of the worst gun violence in the world, if you lived here and crime was skyrocketing even worse than it already was, and then your president said, we're going to send in law enforcement to help, and your mayor said, no, no, how would you feel? How would you feel if you were like, we need help? Crime is skyrocketing. Now, how would you feel if instead of actually taking the help and dealing with the crime, they instead said, we're going to tear down a statue with the rioters? That's a step over the line, man. They're joining the rioters? Yup. Wheeler literally did it in Portland. I bring you now to this. Chicago removes Columbus statue in Grant Park overnight after protesters tried to topple it. The city temporarily removed Columbus statues from both Grant Park and Little Italy in response to demonstrations that became unsafe for both protesters and police temporarily. I'm sorry. In my opinion, I don't believe that. That's a word. They did remove it. 
So here's what I see. Rioters show up. They try and pull a statue down. The city says, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you think you're doing? We'll tear it down for you. And they bring in the crane and they do. So when I see government officials going after Trump, tearing down the statues themselves, like they did in Philadelphia and Columbus, they did. They literally did. In Columbus, Ohio, they took down a statue of Columbus. How insane is that? In Philadelphia, they took down a statue of Columbus. This, this, is, not, this is not one of the Confederates. He's not a president. He's just a symbol of exploration and inspiration for the Italian community. For the most part, you can criticize his history, but you can criticize everyone's history. We, we, we look up to certain people for the things they, that were good and other things that were bad. Well, cities don't care. When the far left loonies, rioters, whatever you want to call them, show up and demand, bring it down. And the city goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. We agree. Then what do you think regular people are going to think when they go around smashing up businesses? The government agrees. That's what's happening in Seattle. Literally in Seattle, a councilwoman has led the protesters to the mayor's home, to other council members home because they would not uh, abolish the police or some other nonsense. I've shown you from the Washington Post, July 21st, the American people do not want the statues being taken down. They do not want to defund the police. This is why opposition is growing. So when the city does this, what is going on? How insane do you have to be? Well, you know what? Trump earned it. Bravo, good sir. Trump, you've earned this one. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a standing, a, a pseudo standing ovation. This is the daily tracking poll for the president's approval, according to Rasmussen. Now, there's important things to break down here. We go, we can go uh, what looks like almost day by day. As of the 24th today, Trump's overall approval and disapproval tied 49% to 49%. Now, you may say, Tim, that's a tie. Nobody approves of him. Well, 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 look at the trend. Look at the trend from Rasmussen. Now, I want to be fair. In the aggregate, Trump's approval is, is very, very down. Slowly starting to come back up, though. Not very, very huge. Rasmussen does have it doing well. Now, the reason I'm showing you Rasmussen is because I, I mentioned this in an earlier segment, but they actually, well, well, they're one of the first polls to actually come out amid the, the escalation of tactics and Trump deploying the feds. But it is fair to say this could all be noise. Take it with a grain of salt. It's just one poll. But I personally, in my opinion, I agree with this assessment, keeping in mind, like I said, the aggregate has Trump down, but the aggregate use poll uses polls from like two weeks ago. So we're looking now at some of the latest numbers. Let's go back to the beginning of July, July 1st. Trump was underwater by 10 points, 44 approval, 54 disapproval, according to Rasmussen. As we move forward to July 4th, when riots erupted, they don't actually have one from the 4th, so we do the 6th. Trump's approval and disapproval got closer together. 47 approve, 52 disapprove. So we can see that even then Trump's gone down once again on the 8th to be being underwater 10 points. You can claim that Rasmussen is biased. They like Trump, but they have given him bad polls in the past couple of weeks. In the recent news where Trump will be deploying the feds, his approval rating has started to go way up now at 49 and his disapproval has gone way down. Dare I say, in the next coming days, if this trend continues, Trump will go above water in the Rasmussen daily tracking poll. Among likely voters, he's doing very, uh, fairly well. Among black voters, he's doing very well at 43%. Among Democrats, 30%. This to me is insane. We need law and order. 
The media would try and lie to you. But guess what? I don't think people trust them anymore. Some people do. And they're probably still trapped believing all the fake news. But when the fake news gets to a point where the insanity and the absurdity is just too much for anyone to bear, they snap. There's a young woman who went viral in the past couple of weeks. She was uh, she looked like your traditional Gen Z lefty with dyed hair. And she was like, wow, I just realized Trump is actually going after the bad people. Now she's got 50,000 followers. People are listening to what she has to say. When people finally wake up and realize the media is, is wrong and that we need law and order, Trump's approval goes way, way up. This is why Trump is deploying feds across the country. Now 60,000 troops. I believe it's because the American people want it. Now I've warned about this in the past. I said, if the far left keeps doing what they're, gonna, what they're doing, people will beg Trump for law and order. But you know what? I said it before and I'll say it again. If I were to walk out my door right now and I saw a CBP guy in full tactical gear with, you know, paintballs or whatever, and I walked up and he was like, howdy. And I was like, howdy. I wouldn't think twice. I'd actually be like, is something going on? Is there something I should know about? And if he said, we're just down here for your safety, you know, there's some concerns about potential rights. I'd be like, right on. I'm going to go to the store. And that's it. You know why? The existence of federal law enforcement does not infringe on your rights. If they begin telling me I can't go down a certain street or whatever, I'll start taking issue with that. Sure. But when, it, when there's an active riot, I get it. I get it. If I went out my door and I saw these guys and they were fighting with Antifa, I'd be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out of their way and let them do their thing because we got rioters romping about. If there's a peaceful protest and they get attacked, I will speak out. But the existence of law enforcement is not an infringement of your rights. I have been in, I lived in Chicago. I've lived in all these different places. And just because they're there doesn't mean your rights are being infringed upon. Let me know when they do. And I have your back. And yes, I am very alert when they're outstanding. They're saying, "Mm, I don't know, man, not a big fan of just, you know, random cops and federal agents walking around doing whatever. Can't really complain if they're just walking around doing whatever, though. So Trump says, I'm going to deploy law enforcement. Guess what? Most people aren't concerned. You know why? Because you can walk past a cop and say, howdy, officer. And they'll say, howdy, how you doing? You can walk past a National Guardsman, any military guy, any tactical officer or SWAT member. And so long as you're not in a dangerous situation, you're not committing a crime or anything. For the most part, you're going to be fine. And I say for the most part, because sometimes you get detained. Sometimes they say, hey, look, probable cause. We wanna, you want, we're going to search you for this reason. Sometimes there's a riot. I would say for the most part. You walk down your street, you see a guy in, in, in military camo, it says, you know, DHS on it, and there's nothing going on, you're probably going to be fine. But I will tell you this too. If I saw that, I'd probably get very cautiously back. Is there anything going on? Should I go the other way? Or you got, you know, and if they said, no, 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 you're all good, man. I'd be like, okay. Because guess what? In New York City, go to Grand Central and you'll see, you will see tactical officers from the NYPD with rifles standing outside of Grand Central all the time. Nobody's screaming about it. You know, and, and I never cared. I'm like, I don't care. What am I worried? What, what am I worried about? Okay. You know, there are real threats. There's real infringements of rights and we have lawyers and we try to do our best. I do not want to see someone have their rights infringed upon by the police or anybody else. But this is ridiculous. The riots across this country need to stop. And they're coming back, baby. So this is why Trump's approval has gone up. I'll leave it there for you. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. And I will see you all next time. I'm going to lay it all out right now. 
Donald Trump's approval rating in the latest poll is tied with his disapproval. His disapproval has gone way down. His approval has gone way up. I wonder what it could be. Perhaps it's because a Democrat literally joined a riot in Portland against federal officers. Perhaps it's because Donald Trump announced he's going to be sending federal law enforcement into various cities across the country to deal with the surge in violence. And perhaps it's because people really like that. And to be fair, it's one poll, but it's the latest poll. So we'll see how things play out. And I'll show you all this data. I'm going to say it right now, man. Mayor Ted Wheeler, he done messed up. You see, yesterday or whatever, or last night was like the 55th or sixth night of rioting in Portland. I've lost count. I don't care. It's basically become some like weird sporting event. But Donald Trump personally slammed Portland Democratic Mayor Ted Wheeler, saying he made a fool of himself by joining the protesters, Trump says. Well, Trump says protester. You know how I feel about that. Trump call them rioters. But I'll tell you what, I think Trump's playing it well. Calling them protesters, fine, whatever. There's a reason why Trump is sending in the feds. Now there's going to be a tactical team deployment into Seattle because they recently had some riots as well, just in the past couple of days. And now you've got ongoing, I guess, I don't know what you call them, you know, violent, uh, angry mobs showing up to Seattle politicians' homes and, and vandalizing. It's happening in Oakland. These people are trying to put pressure on politicians to force them to vote a way that they want, even though they make up a tiny, tiny fringe of this country. So while these riots are going on and the media is screeching and claiming that Trump's secret police are oppressing us, regular people in this country seem to be saying, actually, we like the law enforcement because now we have two polls. One I highlighted the other day opposition to Black Lives Matter is is going way up. It's been spiking since the riot started or since the riot started. You know, it's really funny. After the George Floyd incident, we saw a massive surge for support for Black Lives Matter. And then they had to go and, and start rioting and looting. And then opposition started to skyrocket as well. It hurts your cause, man. And when somebody, some social scientist tweeted that out, he ended up getting fired saying that peaceful protest works. Well, they're playing right into Trump's game. They, they, they do this all the time. You know, they can't just accept. They can't take a win. They can't be like, OK, we're going to we're going to get some good PR on this. They have to go out and join in the rioting. So now Trump can literally say, you got you got riots happening in, in, in Portland. It's, it's crazy what these Democrats are doing in Portland. He actually the mayor joins in. That's right. The mayor actually joins in. Here's the story. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler made a fool of himself by joining protesters, Trump says. Well, it's worse than that. I want to show you the poll numbers, which are skyrocketing for Trump. But first, the context. President Trump slammed Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler on Thursday, calling him pathetic for his attempt to commiserate with Black Lives Matter protesters in the Oregon city, only to get booed and tear gassed by federal troops. He made a fool out of himself, Trump told Hannity. He wanted to be among the people, so he went out into the crowd and they knocked the hell out of him. That was the end of him. So it was pretty pathetic. Wheeler worked his way to the steps of the Multnomah County Justice Center on Wednesday to speak to the thousands of protesters who have gathered there for nearly two months. But as he began to speak, the crowd shouted him down with chants of tear gas Teddy and do your job. I stand with you, the mayor told the crowd, only to get jeers in response. Why, yes? One of the demands from the ongoing riots is the resignation of Ted Wheeler, the Portland mayor. So the stupidest thing he could have done is go out into the crowd 
justifying their position, agreeing with them while they put the sign saying resign, right? right big, big on a projector right behind them. How, 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 how terrible at your job do you have to be? Because then Ted Wheeler goes to the courthouse, stands right up against the, the, the barricades and the feds say, you are on federal property. You must disperse. And then he gets tear gassed. He joined in. Now that's all Trump needed because he's going to come out and be like, even the Democrat mayor joined the riots. And that's true. Things only got worse. He got caught in a wave of tear gas. I'm not going to lie. It stings, he said. I don't care about Wheeler. So we actually have this, uh, this report about what's going on in Portland. A judge blocks federal officers from dispersing and arresting journalists and legal observers. And I find this story really, really funny. I just want to give you the quick highlight before we go into Trump's amazing approval rating. And I'm, I'm showing you this because people don't seem to understand that was that was never allowed. The judge gave no victory to anyone. A bunch of these activists are like, we're winning. The federal courts are on our side. They're, they're saying you can't dis, you disperse, arrest journalists and legal observers. Yay. You, you, they, they couldn't in the first place. The only issue is if they can't identify you as a legal observer or journalist, then they just tell you to move anyway. So there is there is a small victory in that a lot of the legal observers probably will be able to just stand where they stand and the cops will walk past them now for sure. I'm not, I can't show the video. Let, let me just try and pull it up. Yesterday, a federal judge ordered federal agents in Portland to avoid shooting at or ordering press and legal reps to disperse. Later, a reporter was filming. Uh, later, a reporter filming two shot in the hand. The court should review the situation for a violation of its order. Sure, that's fine. It won't matter because the cops are going to be like, there was a bunch of people. They were all filming. We dispersed them. If, if you want to play the game of you can't disperse journalists, you've already got Antifa showing up wearing press badges and flying the Antifa flag. So what? They're going to be like, we're all journalists now. How much you want to bet they're all going to show up with cameras and be like, we're journalists and start throwing rocks at them. And then as soon as they try to disperse them, they're going to be like, they're attacking the press. Oh, no. That's exactly what they do. Well, let's talk about the backlash, the backfire, the failure of the Democratic Party to understand exactly what it is, what, it, what is going on in this country. One thing that we highlighted over on the Timcast IRL podcast was a Cato Institute poll that found 62% of people were scared to share political opinions. They were out of the far left, the left, the center, the center right, and the right. I'm sorry, the right and the, uh, the strong right and the strong left. That's what they call it. Only one group was comfortable expressing their opinions, the far left. You know what that means? The silent majority is real. Yeah, it's true. The silent majority exists. This is this is most of the country. Like I'm talking most, most because the, the strong liberal only makes up like eight to 10 percent of the population. And they're the ones who are allowed to say whatever they want with impunity and no one else can. Well, if 90 percent of the people of this country can't speak up and you get your your political perspective based on what people are telling you directly, you will not understand this country very well. Now, will you? which is maybe why my channels are doing so well. And these far leftist channels aren't. Have you noticed that about YouTube? Many far left channels don't do nearly as well, though there are, are some. Maybe there's a reason why moderate centrist and right wing channels are skyrocketing. Not because people all of a sudden switched you know, their, their political opinions. It's because their political opinions right now, the most important parts, free speech, you know, uh, consent of the governed, actually opposing racism. These are things people care about. And the far left is overtly racist and socialist and regular people don't like it. 
I bring you now to Rasmussen reports. Now, of course, Rasmussen has been biased in favor of the president in in many circumstances. And if you look at Rasmussen's Twitter thread, you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, they're very biased for the right. That's fine. Uh, Rasmussen actually points out that in 2016, they actually nailed their polling on the presidential race, giving Hillary Clinton a two point advantage. Guess what? Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by about two points. So Rasmussen was accurate. Rasmussen also points out they accurately predicted that Biden was going to, to was rising in the polls. It could be that Rasmussen is the only trustworthy polling institution. It could be an anomaly. I want to make sure that's very clear. This is just one poll. It could be static. It could be noise. So when you do 100 polls and you get one that spikes and then it goes back down, that can just be bad polling. It happens. And that's why you do so many. However, we can't make the assumption just yet. So let's take a look at what we got going on for Mr. POTUS. For July 23rd, backlash building, national likely voter job approval of, of uh, POTUS, 49%. Men, 50. Women, 48. GOP, 80. Democrat likely voter approval, 30%. I believe it. I believe it, man. These, these, these moderate Democrat types in the suburbs, all hoity-toity, are watching explosions and fires in the streets. They're being told crime is skyrocketing, and they are, they're, they're getting upset about it. Don't be, you don't got to believe me. A lot of people don't want to believe me. That's fine. I'll tell you what. What you read in the news is not the same thing as what suburbanite parents are watching on local TV. And I'll tell you what a lot of these people are watching, say, in Chicago. They're watching the news, and the news goes, Another shooting death, another shooting death. Crime is up. Crime is up. Murders are up. Shootings are up. Now, of course, crime, violent crime across the board is down. But what I mean is when you turn the TV on and they're like another senseless shooting. And I think it was in Chicago just this past weekend where there was a funeral for a man who was killed in what was described as senseless gun violence. And at the funeral, somebody unloaded on 15 people. That's insane. A mass shooting. So what do you think? Somebody who lives in like Naperville or Wheaton, Illinois, those are the west suburbs of Chicago. I know I'm from there. And they're seeing this on the news and it's like more tragic gun deaths, skyrocketing, violence, riots. They're going to be like, I don't want this. In, I don't want this coming here. You know, what can we do? And the local law enforcement standing down in Portland, even joining in, they're probably going, what, what are they doing? And then Trump goes, we're going to send in FBI, DEA, ATF, shut it down. We'll work with local law enforcement. Everybody agrees it's the best. And then they're going to be like, good. And they're not going to tell you. You know why? Like I pointed out, they're scared to share their political opinions. They won't even say it on Twitter. They'll lose their jobs. So what do they do? They say nothing, but they cross their fingers. Now, of course, if that if, if we, we've talked about polling and how many people will get a phone call and it'll be like, I'm a journalist for The New York Times and I want to know who you're voting for. And they're going to be like, I'm not telling you. I don't want to get canceled. Now, maybe that's changing because even Democrats are telling Rasmussen their approval, their, they, they approve of Trump. Now, mind you, only 30%. Check it out. Independent likely voter is 37%. Now, both of those are relatively low. You know, he's got to get, he's got to get that, those numbers up. That, indiv- that independent, you know, thir- at 37%, those are rookie numbers, man. You got to get those numbers up. White is at 49% and black is at 43%. Black total likely voter approval is at 43%. I can't believe that. That's insane. It's not the first time we've heard it this high, but that is insane. Donald Trump won 
like eight percentage points of the vote among the black community. For them to say likely voters at 43%, that is groundbreaking to say the least. So I got to wonder if there are some errors here or if Trump really is doing a fantastic job. Other non-white, like uh, non-white total likely uh, approval, 55%. So when you factor in white people to that, it actually brings his numbers down. But to be fair, I want to show you the aggregate. And we're going to, we're going to, let's talk about this. So what's happening right now? Rioting in Portland, rioting in, uh, uh, there was in Utah, there's crime spikes and protests in Atlanta. We have major surges in crime across the country, and there have been ongoing protests for Black Lives Matter. People don't know this because it's not being covered by CNN and the New York Times because they don't care anymore. But yes, why it was only a few days ago in Rochester, they shut down an interstate highway. The protests are still happening. Take a look at this. Donald Trump's approval rating is down. He reached his peak during the coronavirus briefings at 47 point three, 47.4. And his disapproval was one of the lowest points at 50.4. Since then, it started to go down. It's not the worst it's ever been. It's stabilized around 41 and 42 points. He's at 42.2 in the aggregate. But wait, the aggregate includes polling going back to July 7th, July 7th, where he was minus 10, July 9th to 13th from Quinnipiac, minus 24. Now that I don't believe because that is extreme. Coming out with a minus 24 poll. Nah, a lot of these are like minus 18, minus 17. If they told me minus 10, I'd believe it. So when, when Rasmussen comes out, the latest poll from the 20th to the 22nd, and he's tied, I believe it. I believe it. First of all, Rasmussen points out, let me see if I can pull up their, uh, they point out that they actually use for their uh, uh, political party, relatively even polling uh, uh, um, proportions of, of uh, political party. So, so here's, here, let me explain this. November 6, 2016, their survey was 32% Republican, 37% Democrat, and 31% other. Then they, so, so that's, that was the, the group they used and they were correct. Tracking Hillary Clinton, they had two points up for Clinton and she won by about two points. July, 2020, they're having basically the same proportions. And now they're saying that Donald Trump is tied. It's a good reason to believe that their polling is accurate. But I'll tell you this right now, man, if Trump's approval rating from likely voters in the black community is really at 43%, that's the end of the Democrats. No joke. And it could be why they're so desperate to push Black Lives Matter, because the black community really does support the idea. It seems like they've become so insanely desperate they, that, you know, they're, they're so desperate could you imagine if could you imagine if the Democrats did something as in, as insane as like wearing kente cloths and kneeling inside one of the you know Capitol buildings, one of the state Senate buildings? Yeah, they actually did that. That's how desperate they are. They're literally getting on their knees and wearing kente cloth and actually offended a lot of people. Here's what Rasmussen says: Some pollsters are apparently lowering their GOP sample percentage point now in registered voter polls and may then show them much higher near election day below our weights and how they worked in 2016 and 2020. Here's what, here's what we learned. Rasmussen is using an ev- a relatively even weight, meaning when they phone, co- when they call people or, or how, are, how are they do the polls, they make sure that they have an even amount of Republicans, independents, and Democrats to get an accurate view. 
Many polls are actually only doing 24% Republican. So here's what's happening. If I talk to 100 people and 20 of them are Republicans and 30 of them are independents and 50 of them are Democrats, guess what you're going to find? 50% approval or like 55% approval for Biden. And you're going to find something like 45 or 40% approval for Trump and then maybe some third parties. This is what people think is happening right now in the polls. But I wonder if we can actually, because Rasmussen had Trump actually doing uh, fairly bad in previous polls. So let's, let's do this. Let's see if we can go back to an older Rasmussen reports poll. So Rasmussen's current is a tie. Previously, they had him, uh, okay, so relatively tied back in May. And they had him down. So this is in April. Rasmussen had uh, Trump down 11 points. So I don't think I don't think they're necessarily biased to just try and pretend Trump is doing well. I think what's happening is that the other polls are biased for whatever reason. I don't know. You 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 tell me, huh? You tell me why they're biased. Go ahead. It could be because the fake news lies. It could be because we know that when people see polls showing someone is going to win, they just vote for that person. Maybe many of these organizations, I'm not saying they're working together. They might just be thinking you know, if if people just see Biden winning, then Biden will win because they'll vote for him. I don't buy it. I, 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 I've, I've been here before. We've seen the game. You literally had the Democratic mayor of Portland join in riots. Now, OK, I'll, I'll, call, I'll calm down. Did the mayor throw explosives and try and knock down fences? No. But here's the way I explain it. And this is Trump's advantage. If a bank, ro- if, if there's a guy walking down the street, and he yells to everybody, hey, we're going to go protest wealth inequality. And they're like, yay. And he goes, make sure you all wear black. And they all do. Then they all march down the street. And the guy says this way. And he leads them into a bank. Then the whole crowd is in the lobby. And he goes in the middle of the crowd and fires a gun. Bang, bang, bang. Listen up, everybody. We're robbing the joint. And everyone goes, yay. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're all accomplices now. They're shielding the guy. They're allowing him to do it. They're there. They're covering up for him. The only reason the riots are able to to put pressure on the feds is because the crowds remain after being dispersed. So when Ted Wheeler was told you are on federal property, you must disperse. And he stayed and did interviews. He provided crowd weight. So I'm not going to pretend like he was rioting, but he absolutely helped the riots. And that's something Trump can use. So what happens? Maybe when Rasmussen says in April, Trump's down by 11 points. He really was down. And then he slowly improved. And now they're accurately weighing Republican, independent and Democratic voters. When you look at many of these other polls, they actually only have like 24 percent Republican. So, yes, you're getting a a larger sample size of Democrats. Which brings me now to Civ IQ, which I've shown before. I think this this shows Trump's strategy straight up. Opposition to Black Lives Matter is is rising among, I believe, every single demographic. Let, let's, let's, let's do this. Among the black community, opposition has actually gone up from, where, where were we at? At its lowest point, three, and now up to 4%. Now that's not s- substantial in my opinion, but you can see that even some people here are like, man, no, I'm, not all, I'm not all about that. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's try uh, another age, another, let's do 18 to 34 year olds. Among 18 to 34 year olds, opposition to Black Lives Matter is going up. Trump knows what he's doing with this man. Let's well, obviously among 60 to 65s. Let's do this. Let's do college graduates, college graduates. How do they feel? Uh, 
Wow, really? Among college graduates? Look at this. 36% oppose. That I almost can't believe. That's amazing because college, let's do postgraduate. Postgrads tend to be super SJW. Yep. Opposition 32% among postgraduates. So I'll tell you what, man. You go to the suburbs where Trump needs to win, and he's going to start being like, the Democratic mayor of Portland joined the riots. And people are going to be like, yep, he did. And then as soon as he left, you know what happened? Ted Wheeler leaves. He goes inside like a courthouse building or whatever. Security guards push the protesters out and close the door. Half an hour later, Ted Wheeler, who is also police commissioner. uh, 30 minutes later, the Portland Police Bureau. I don't want to say Ted Wheeler did it, but the Portland Police Bureau declares the gathering a riot. So let let me ask him, why is it when the mayor's out there and they're saying disperse and he won't and people start lobbing mortars at the building while he was there the whole time and then they start tear gassing, it's not a riot. But as soon as he leaves, you wait a little bit, and then it becomes a riot. That's ridiculous. You know why? Because Ted Wheeler wanted to do a photo op. He wanted to get gas and go, oh, they're, they're tear gassing me. The feds, what are they doing? Instead, what do we have? We have videos of Ted Wheeler standing by as people lob commercial grade fireworks at the federal building. Fires are being started. The fences are being knocked down. And he's just doing interviews. And they're telling them to leave, to disperse. And he does nothing. I tell you this, man, you know, they're going to try and and fight this propaganda war, but the hard data proves it as far as I'm concerned. Support for for Black Lives Matter has has dipped a little bit. Opposition has spiked and Trump's approval rating has just jumped up in the latest polls. Mind you, I know they say Rasmussen is biased, but I want to make sure I, I point out absolutely that they used the same weight in 2016. This is Rasmussen pointing this out in 2016. This is the weight they use, 32 Republicans, 37 Democrats, 31 other, and they nailed it, getting Clinton within two points. That means their polling methodology is probably more accurate than many others. And I'll tell you something else. When Rasmussen comes out and says that black total likely approval is 43%, and that number may be very shocking, Emerson College a few months ago found, I think, like 30%. And you know what's funny? The rule, they say this, if at any point a Republican can break 20% support in the black community, it's a guaranteed win. The Democrats will lose. And then all of a sudden, mass Black Lives Matter protests across the board are propping up. Donations are pouring in. The Democrats know they are in trouble. That's why I believe the polls. If this was fake news, if Rasmussen got it wrong and and approval for Trump wasn't at 43% in the black community, if Emerson was wrong, they wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't be desperately trying to claim that there's all this racism everywhere. They are, they're terrified and they know what's coming. Total defeat. Could you imagine what it's going to look like if Donald Trump wins in a landslide with, with a minority coalition that will be devastating to the Democratic Party? I'm not convinced There's a lot of people who don't like Trump. So we'll see how this plays out in the next few months. But hey, let me just tell you one last thing. If you're a Democrat, don't join the riots. I I, I shouldn't even I shouldn't even have to say that. But there you go. Stick around. The next segment on this channel will be at 1 p.m. And I will see you all then. It seems like as we get closer and closer to the election, fake news is just getting worse 
and worse, especially as it pertains to Portland and the riots around the country, saying, you know, Trump's secret police in unmarked vehicles with no badges, blah, blah, blah. I'll just point out how stupid that whole fake news cycle is. Cops use unmarked vehicles in every single city in this country. Okay, not every single, but you know what I mean. Like every major city's got unmarked police cars, unmarked state troopers. They say, well, well, they weren't wearing badges or well, they were wearing badges, but there's also plainclothes police officers and undercover. So spare me the fake news, but it's bad. And what I think is happening is, you know, we, we, we know that when fake news writes a biased story, people will then share that story because it fits their worldview. I'll give you a really good example, but I know, I know why you clicked this video. We're going to make fun of CNN as the perfect example of broken media. But here's a really good example of partisan news. I recently heard, according to the Wall Street Journal, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal, that last year, nine unarmed black, uh, black uh, people were killed by police. And that's a, a statistic used by many conservatives. However, it doesn't include people who may have died from other means, say George Floyd, for instance. So the arguments will be skewed to fit whichever you know, perspective you tend to have because, well, that's confirmation, but that's how it works. As the fake news actually becomes overt lies, and it has been, and this is mostly on the left, people on the left start sharing insane stories that are just completely ridiculous. I, I got into a, an argument with a friend recently about what's going on in Portland. And even trying to point out basic things like cops use unmarked vehicles all the time. Right now they're doing it all over the country and they don't accept it. No, but the media said, yes, I know the cars are unmarked, but calm down. It's not like the end of the world. It's worse than that. You see, a a, a DA in Philadelphia said that he's going to arrest federal uh, agents if they come into our town. I did a segment on it yesterday. You may have seen it where I I could barely get through all the fake news. The first sentence alone was just so insane, which brings me now to the main story. Sorry for burying that for a couple of minutes, but it needed to be said. Cuomo and Lemon fail to accurately ID animal on mental acuity test. Oh, don't get so specific, newsbusters. The reality is Cuomo and Don Lemon failed a mental acuity test. And you know why this is so funny? Because CNN and many other outlets have been mocking and belittling Trump because he bragged about passing such a test. You see, this is a dementia test. The way it works is it's very, very simple. I believe there's a small handful of questions. You can earn a total of like 29 or 30 points. It's for people who are very old to make sure your brain is still functioning. One of the questions they ask is they'll say five words and they want you to remember those words. A few minutes later, they'll ask you if you remembered those words. Well, because Trump said, you know, I passed this test, I bet Joe Biden couldn't pass it. Everybody wants to make fun of Trump. Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, you can see him on the screen holding up the test and they're laughing like, how dumb is Trump? And then guess what? They failed the test. And that's the point. Why do we get so much fake news? And I'm going to show you, I have a bunch of examples of how the, how the, how bad the fake news gets and how, because of people like Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, we're in serious, serious danger. Now I can criticize Fox News personalities as as well. uh, As well, I'm not a big fan of Laura Ingram or Sean Hannity and some of the other uh, hosts. I'm not a fan of Fox and Friends. I do think Tucker Carlson does a really, really good job. I think Tucker Tucker Carlson may be one of the best personalities on TV, if not the best, and his ratings prove it. The rest of them, I feel, fall into a similar camp of I don't know. It's not nearly as bad as CNN, to be fair. But listen, if you get your opinions from a conservative on the news, a moderate 
or, you know, somebody who is just a conservative going to give you their opinion. Well, at least you're still getting news, right? If the people you're watching on CNN both fail a mental acuity test, why would you watch them? Unfortunately, people do. And they're getting their political opinions from people who don't know what a rhinoceros is. I'm not exaggerating. Now they try and make excuses. I'm sure they were embarrassed. Chris Cuomo mocks Don Lemon for not knowing what the animal was. And then he himself says elephant. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to start with the story because most of you are probably going to laugh at it. But the reality is, I want you to see who these people are. I have mentioned this. I mentioned it on Rogan. Everybody tries to be like, be fair, Tim. Don Lemon asked one of his guests. I know it's preposterous, but maybe a black hole swallowed the missing Malaysian airline. This is several years ago. And some people say, yeah, but he's just doing a silly segment about, you know, airplanes and black holes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is CNN. This is not Alex Jones, happy fun llama hour. This is CNN, the most trusted name in news. Why are they doing bits about black holes eating up airplanes? And the guest then goes, oh, you're a small black hole would smile the whole universe. And I point this out. People try to be nice to CNN, but this is scary stuff. So when I'm talking to my friend and I say something like the police in Portland do have badges on their arms with badge numbers to identify them, they are not unidentified. Well, but their police vehicles are unmarked. No, that is not extraordinary. You are right, but stop acting like it's a big deal. It's because they're getting opinions from people who can't pass a dementia test. And they, and they, and they mock Trump for this. This exemplifies everything. Donald Trump comes out and goes, we need it. We need to ban all travel from China. Okay. We can't have it. We got the, co- the coronavirus. And they go, <laughs> he Trump's so dumb. He, he, he thinks, he, he thinks a travel ban is going to stop a virus. Donald Trump said, we got to shut down the southern border. We don't know people coming in. They could potentially have COVID. And then what do we see? Memes popping up from people going, (laughs) Trump is so dumb. He thinks that a virus can't pass through a fence. And then you're sitting there going like, dude, dude, people carry the virus. And then sure enough, you know, Canada closes the border because these people are really dumb. I wonder if what's really separating the political factions in this country right now are really dumb people versus people who are at least open, open minded and critically thinking. I bring you now, after wasting all of your time, the actual story. Let's see. President Trump has described CNN's Don Lemon as the dumbest man on television. Seconded. And Chris Cuomo has received the nickname Fredo from the public. Well, both men proved they deserved their titles during Wednesday's handoff between primetime and CNN tonight. When neither man could accurately identify an animal on the mental acuity test, they were mocking the president for doing well on. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Can you remember that? Lemon sprung on Cuomo. To his great confusion, Lemon noted Trump had bragged about acing the test in an interview, but shared his suspicion the president was lying. But there's some question about when this test was given and who gave it to him. After Cuomo quipped that the test looks like something for middle school, Lemon stumbled through, suggesting Trump took the test because others were worried about a mental decline. Well, you take that when usually, listen, I'm not a doctor and I'm going to let Dr. Reiner explain it a little bit. But usually when there's some issue or some concern about, you know, your cognitive ability, he hinted, you're like burying the lead here, Cuomo tagged. No, listen, Joe Biden says he's also been tested many, many times. (laughs) I got to be honest. I don't think Joe Biden could have passed this test. A few moments after Cuomo admitted to having stuck in mental fog as of late, in which he forgets words, 
what? He had previously attributed this to his battle with coronavirus. He asked a simple question about another part of the testing sheet. What were the animal shapes? From there, their lack of mental acuity was exposed as Lemon, at first, misidentified one of the three animals, a lion, rhino, camel on the sheet. Cuomo said, what were the animal shapes? Well, it's a lion, a hippo and a camel. Isn't that a rhino in the middle? A rhino or a hippo? You don't even know a hippo from a rhino? A rhino, sorry. You got no acuity, son. This is the best part. Cuomo drags Lemon like you didn't even you didn't even know what it was. But hold on. Cuomo himself was just told it was a rhino and he said hippo. This is very important. What happens next? I'm looking at it backwards. I'm looking at it backwards. Lemon proclaimed. No, 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 Lemon. You got the other animals right, which means you clearly saw this, which means you don't know what a hippo is. But Cuomo himself needed to go to a zoo because he started calling the rhino an elephant. Cuomo says you don't know a rhino from an elephant. Did Cuomo just forget that Lemon a few seconds earlier said the word hippo? I'm sorry, man. Listen, I'm not trying to drag Cuomo because he claims to have gotten COVID. I don't believe he did because, well, I, I, you know, he probably did, but he certainly broke quarantine. And maybe that's affecting his abilities. Don Lemon, that guy's not been smart. He's just not smart. So here you can see they've both failed at the test. Okay, okay. That's a, that is a bit bold, to be honest, because they didn't take the full test. But wow, did they screw this up? Think about that. They want to make fun of Trump, saying he can't pass the test. And they did, they screw up this this much. That's amazing. So what do you think happens when you get your news from these kind of people? We can make fun of them. They're below average intelligence or mental ability. Fine, whatever. I don't know why they're on TV. Fine. I make mistakes too. I misspeak sometimes. So sure, I'm not perfect. But I'll tell you what I do to try and mitigate factual errors. I always have a source on screen that I will read from. It doesn't mean I'm the smartest person in the world. It means I'm trying to mitigate and minimize potential errors. And that brings me now to stories like this, which in my opinion, give a really good example of the absurdity of what you know the media is. The Republican silence on what's happening in Portland is jarring. First read is your briefing from Meet the Press and the NBC political unit on the day's most important political stories and why they matter. Now, full disclosure, some people might not be happy about this. I do have to blur the image they use because it shows, you know, the events of Portland. But I want to show you the story because they bring up a really interesting point as to their lack of understanding of anything in this country. It's really amazing. And you know what? I'm going to say this. We got some information here that proves Republicans are wrong. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. They say, The Republican silence on what's happening in Portland is jarring. If you follow American politics over the last 10 years, you might be surprised Republicans are more outraged at Liz Cheney than they are federal armed agents that just tear gassed a city's mayor. There's there's no silence. Republicans are screaming as loud as possible. What happened to don't tread on me? What happened to states rights? What happened to freedom of speech and assembly? Nothing, literally nothing. Rioters attacking a federal courthouse has nothing to do with any of those things. It's easy to understand, blah, blah, blah. But let's jump down here. America's partisan divide over race stands out in NBC News Wall Street Journal poll. They say one party believes that discrimination of blacks and Latinos exists. 80 to 90 percent of Democrats say this and the other party doesn't. 15 to 26 percent Republican. I got to stop. Republicans, you are wrong on this one, but not for the reason you're going to assume. Republicans who believe 
that there is not discrimination against blacks and Latinos forgets that Democrats are racist. Okay, once you recognize the Democratic Party is racist, you start to understand why the Democrats believe the racism exists. Listen, I always explain this when it comes to views of the world. People can only view the world based on how they perceive it. So why is it that, say, male feminists are so convinced that men are monsters? Well, as it turns out, male feminists tend to be abusive. There's a meme about it called race at the clock. This is like how many days until another male feminist is outed as being an abuser? If you're a male feminist you and you think that all these men are evil, it's because within you, you see the, the possibility. The Democrats who believe there is racial discrimination, it's because they personally do it. Republicans don't see it because Republicans don't do it. But that means the Republicans are wrong. You need to understand if the Democrats are racist, then I'd say blacks and Latinos do experience racism. One party believes that America is a racist society. 82% of Democrats, the other party doesn't. 30% of Republicans, once again, many Republicans getting it wrong. If Democrats are overtly saying society is racist and they're a major portion of the governments of these cities, it's them. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, look, I'm not trying to highlight these particular issues. I'm trying to show you the, the story itself, arguing that Republicans aren't talking about what's going on. The reason they're saying this is because they have no idea what's going on. And like Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, they would screw up a mental acuity test. The real issue with the mental acuity test is not that I think they went through it and they missed a few points or whatever, because they probably would pass, of course. It's that they're making fun of Trump. They're talking about how smart they are, but they themselves are tweedledee and tweedledum. Ha ha, Trump is so dumb, he can't pass the test. Look, an elephant. No, it's a hippo. Oops. Yeah. Okay. Pot meat kettle. So you see this story, Republican silence on what's happening is jarring. Here we go. Critics call out CNN and MSNBC's primetime silence on Chicago mass shooting, screaming headlines any other time. Liberal networks have become state TV for the resistance, Chris Barron says. Now I got to tell you, I gotta be honest. I tend to agree more with Fox News than with, well, absolutely more with Fox News than CNN or MSNBC. Why? Both of those networks ran Russiagate for years, and it was completely wrong. Fox News, for all of their opinionated blowhards, were right. Tucker Carlson has been right over and over again. In fact, Tucker Carlson flew down to meet with Trump. This is the story. He flew down to Florida to tell him about COVID. Trump, take it seriously, he said. Tucker Carlson's been very right. What do we get from CNN and MSNBC? Orange man bad. You turn it on, what do you get? Orange man bad. And what do you get? When they try to make fun of Trump, oops, It turns out they're the dumb ones. So don't watch that stuff. I don't watch a whole lot of Fox News. I watch some of Tucker Carlson's segments. I think he does a great job. Now we have this. CNN, MSNBC skip Trump's White House event addressing violence in U.S. cities. Once again, you can see how the game is played. Not only is the media full of very dumb people who who try to think they're, they, they act like they're smarter than you, they're better than you, but they're really dumb. They ignore certain things. To be fair, everyone in the media does this, okay? But let me just break this down for you. In one story from NBC News, Republican silence on what's happening in Portland is jarring. Not true. Republicans have been speaking up nonstop about this, calling out the protests and the protesters, exemplified by, say, CNN, who argues they shouldn't be doing it. And there is the true problem. Fox News may highlight certain issues more than the mainstream media. But if Fox News is going to tell you 
There are riots in Portland. There was a mass shooting in Chicago. Well, there you go. Now you know about both. But what is what is NBC, CNN going to tell you? I do this experiment. I have a couple Instagram videos. Go follow me on Instagram.com slash Timcast. You'll see me if you scroll down where I'm like, here's Fox News talking about protests in Hong Kong. What do you think they're talking about if I switch to CNN? I switch. And sure enough, the orange man is bad. What do you think about the orange man? I think the orange man is bad. There was another time protests in Iran. Fox News is like breaking news. I switched to CNN. Orange man is bad. My favorite was when Fox News is like, we got a big storm surge coming up here through the Gulf. We're looking at a tropical storm system. It's going to have a huge impact on some of these coastal cities in the Gulf. And then I'm like, weather. Hey, weather's pertinent, right? And I switched to CNN. And what are they doing? The orange man is bad, right on cue. So when I see Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon laughing about how much smarter they are than Trump, I see the perfect example of what's wrong with the media. They're obsessed with Trump and they're really dumb. They ignore important stories. They lie. Brian Stelter put out this, this ridiculous piece. You know, I say they lie, but let me, let me just, uh, you know what, man? It's not fair. It's, it's not fair to say they're lies. You know why? They say Trump lies all the time. And I say, what if he's just wrong? There's a difference between intentionally misleading people and just not being that smart. You know what? If, I, if I'm going to come out here and tell you and show you just how dumb CNN really is, then I can only assume they're not lying. They're just not smart. They're, they, they lack the cognitive abilities to actually explain to their audience what's happening in the world. And that means that people who also lack those cognitive abilities are going to follow it, not realizing what's going on. And I bring you then to the state, the state of current politics. This is what I was saying. I believe that one of the big factors in the culture war are critical thinkers versus dumb people. I know it's probably a stupid way to put it. People who don't think critically and don't follow the news versus people who do. If you turn on CNN and you are a a decently smart person, you are watching really stupid people say really stupid things all the time. But just like the Gelman amnesia effect, you don't think twice. Are you how many of you have heard me talk about Gelman amnesia? Uh, For those that don't know, I'm going to tell you. It's a silly name that, that explains a phenomenon where you pull up a newspaper Let's say you are a plumber and you see a story on the front page about plumbing and you read this and you're like, this journalist has no idea how plumbing works. What is what? What is what is this? They have this is insane. It's all fake news. You then turn the page and the next story is Syria and you go, wow, I didn't know that about Syria. Gelman Amnesia references the fact that when you're an expert, you can see how the news is so fake. But then as soon as you turn the page to a story that you're not an expert in, you believe it's true you all of a sudden forgot that they're writing fake news. This is perfect. How could any sane person see the sheer stupidity of these two men? Okay, I know I'm being a little harsh, but see perfect example of them not remembering the word hippo and not knowing what a rhinoceros is on Don Lemon's part. And then as soon as the next segment starts and they go, now what's happening in Portland? You're like, ah, but now they're telling the truth. No, 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 no. That's a perfect example of them being dumb. To be fair, we all make mistakes. Okay. But this was a mental acuity test. They failed. All right. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Yeah, I remembered the words. I'll probably never forget them now. But you have Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo mocking Trump's mental capacity, and then they messed up his mental capacity. It's not the biggest deal in the world. It's just funny. But I think back to the black hole scenario. I think back, back to all the times they've been wrong or lied. And I say, don't fall into a Gelman amnesia effect trap. 
But this is the example of what's wrong with our with, with what's going wrong with society or whatever, the culture war, the cultural civil war, whatever. You have people who, even though all of this is happening, they're they still just believe whatever comes out on CNN or in NBC, no matter how many times they're wrong. I'll leave it with this. For years, Russiagate was, was, was just thrown in our faces. And even though everything they're saying was basically wrong, and none of it, and now we know for a fact, people still believe them. How do you convince people like that, that they're wrong? You can't, because they just don't understand the concept of being wrong. Well, there you go. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net, and I will see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight you get a fresh episode of Get Woke, Go Broke, starring your favorite host, me. Today's episode, A&E loses half its viewers since dropping live PD. Ooh, 55% of the key demo gone when they decided to take live PD off the air. Your virtue signal just cost you money, half of it. How insane are these people, dude? Have you read a poll? People like police. People don't want to defund the police. And yes, there is a large group of people in this country that either don't care or straight up oppose Black Lives Matter. So why are we seeing the Boston Red Sox Black Lives Matter? Why are we seeing the Major League Baseball people all taking a knee? Now, they didn't kneel for the national anthem. That's an important caveat. They kneeled before it, which I still think is dumb. Then they stood for the national anthem. But no, bending the knee means literally bending the knee. I'm not all about that. So listen, most people, I think, well, not most people, but a lot of people probably won't care. I want to watch baseball. I, I was Look, I got to be honest. I'm not a big sports person, but with baseball coming back, I, it actually sounded really nice to be able to go to like an outdoor sports bar and order some wings, you know, have the game playing in the background. Because as much as I'm not a big fan like, I don't follow all the stats and all the players. It's enjoyable to watch and hang out with your friends and just kind of let the game roll. It's why it works. It's fun to do. It's mostly about just gathering with friends. But now we're getting all this weird politics stuff in it. But I'll tell you what, I'd still be willing to watch maybe if I went, if I could go get wings. Apparently, Andrew Cuomo of New York says wings don't count. But that's a, that's a whole other point. But I'll tell you this. If you took it off the air because you were like, people don't like police. Here you go, baby. From the Wall Street Journal, A&E has lost half its viewers since dropping live PD. This is amazing. Ratings for A&E Network have plummeted since it canceled the hit police reality show Live PD on June 10th, a sign of how much the network relies on law enforcement programming. An average primetime viewership for A&E between June 11th and 19th was 498,000 people down 49% for the same period last year, according to data from Nielsen. Mind you, this is during the pandemic when everybody's ratings are skyrocketing. They dropped by half. You deserve it. Get woke, go broke. According to data from Nielsen, in the key demo, now this is where the money comes from, adults 18 to 49 and 25 to 54, the declines are 55% and 53% respectively. I tell you, my friends, the silent majority has spoken by simply turning off the TV because there was nothing to watch. You see, like I was mentioning with baseball, even if the players kneel, there's going to be a lot of people who are like, I don't care, man. Just I want to watch some baseball. So they'll just watch. This is different. If you literally cancel the show, people can't watch even if they wanted to still support you. There could be a ton of people who are like, I'm really happy that you canceled this show. It was the right move. 
Now I'm not going to watch anything because you have nothing I want to watch. You see, you see, you see how this works? The show, which follows police on their rounds in multiple cities simultaneously, averaged about 1.9 million viewers for its Friday and Saturday night episodes repeatedly re-aired on other days. It spawned several successful spinoff shows also canceled. A&E, co-owned by Disney and Hearst, dropped Live PD in the wake of the killing of George Floyd. By, uh, you know, the death has sparked protests. We know this. Viacom CBS Inc.'s Paramount Network last month canceled Cops, another long running reality show following police on the beat. With under 500,000 viewers per uh, an episode, Cops has a much smaller audience than Live PD. Before A&E pulled the show, its primetime viewership was up 4% for the same period in 2019, according to Nielsen. The network has other popular shows, including The First 48, which follows the first two days of a criminal investigation, and Court Cam, about outbursts inside courtrooms, but none as successful as Live PD. I got to mention, a lot of this is pretty lowbrow content, okay? But let's be real. People love justice. They really do, man. People love seeing videos of like the bad guy getting caught. Now, in this country, we are innocent until proven guilty. But there's something fun about watching the cops do their thing, explain to you what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's a view into the the work of these officers. Now, keep in mind, a lot of these shows, they choose the best of the best. They're not going to show you a dude who's like, we're out driving. I'm going to pull this guy over and give him a ticket. That's not the kind of stuff they pick, right? But people enjoy it. They enjoy watching this stuff. And I got to add, look, I I wasn't, I I don't watch this show, but I I have to believe for the most part, if you got big cameras all over these cops, you will reduce the likelihood of infractions of, of police brutality because they're on literal TV. Okay. You know, you're worried. You want, you want cops to have body cams. How about the solution to police brutality is we put local film crews on every police department. Every single one. We make it all TV show. Then you can see if the cops are acting a fool or if they're doing their job right. And I'll tell you what, the cops are going to act right. Canceling the show was just bad across the board. They say A&E's ratings declines goes beyond primetime. The total daily average viewership in the week since the show was pulled is down 36%. Wow, man. In the key demo, it's 42 and 46%. Get woke, go broke. A&E left, uh, uh, A&E gave a statement saying temporary, uh, saying a temporary hit in the ratings that it expected given the success of Life PD and that it has been mostly replaced by reruns. The network said it has always been able to find new hits and reinvent ourselves. The sister show of Live PD also canceled was Live PD Police Patrol and Live PD Presents PD Cam. That's ridiculous. In some weeks, Live PD Universe accounted for more than 85% of A&E's daily programming. And they are becoming the cop channel. And then they decided to just burn it all to the ground. I thought, I think that what they were doing, it was cool. Why would they do this, man? Look, I'll tell you what. Be warned of any company publicly traded that does things like this. I don't know if A&E is, is publicly traded or what. I think Disney, all that, they are. But you have to be nuts to be like, let's cancel our highest rated program and all of its sister program, which count for 85% of our total traffic and our, rev, our, our ratings because some people are protesting. How about you lay low and say nothing and see how things play out at the very least? How about you look at a poll, dude? From, this, is, this is from yesterday, uh, two days ago, the Washington Post. 
Few Americans want to abolish the police. You got a small handful of lunatics going around scribbling on the ground, defund the police. And they're like, oh, let's cancel our entire network. How many people are going to lose their jobs? How many people are losing money? How stupid do you have to be? Consult at least with standard national polling, do an aggregate. You know what I think one of the biggest problems happening in this country is these, these marketing consultants? Because I've experienced this. You know, when I worked at ABC News Company, they are all woke. They are like, I'm telling you, man, if you start talking about gender, boom, you'll make money. And they're like, let's go for it. And then when they get 100 views, they're like, why isn't it working? Don't ask me. I told you what people want. And they believe it. And then their company <laughs> burns down. Well, you know what? A&E, it was, it was good while it lasted, I suppose. I suppose. They say the programs were very profitable, due in part to their low production cost. Live PD in 2019 brought in $292 million in advertising. Oh, no. According to ad tracking, my friends, this may be the most epic, the most material get woke, go broke. I am not kidding. They have just flushed $300 million down the toilet for something very few actually was were opposed to. What are they thinking? Could you imagine being like an investor at one of these companies? And you're like, why sell your stock? I don't know, man. I don't have any stock in these companies, whatever. They say when Amy canceled Live PD, the network said, this is a critical time in our nation's history. And we have made the decision to cease production on Live PD. Going forward, we will determine if there is a clear pathway to tell the stories of both the community and the police officers whose role is to serve them. And with that, we will be meeting with the community and civil rights leaders, as well as police departments. The franchise's fan base, Live PD Nation, has been very active on social media, encouraging a boycott of the network until the programs are returned, which a e hasn't ruled out. There we go. There we go. You think they're going to walk away from $300 million? I'm going to tell you, no dice. I'm willing to bet they bring this back once everything blows over. They'll wait a few months, the election's coming up, and afterwards, when no one cares, they're going to be like, we're back, baby, bigger and better and badder than ever. With three new series, they're going to they're gonna layer the whole thing with it. And they're going to be like, we give you exactly what we want. But for the time being, they don't want cops to look good. I think the Democrats, I think a lot of their supporters at these big companies are desperate to pull out all the stops to beat Trump. I really do, man. They don't want to show you a cop doing the right thing. They want you to think all cops are bad. They want you to believe that when you call the police, there's not going to be a dude chunk of your house being like, so what seems to be the problem, sir? Is there anything I can help you with? They want you to imagine that snarling monsters get out of the car like, we're going to arrest you and beat you and kill you. They don't want you to watch live police doing their job by the book, helping people responding to calls, saving lives. Why, that would be positive. That would make them look good. But right now, you need to make them look evil and nasty and mean. Oh, I tell you what, man, that's the I, look, I don't I don't know why they pulled it, but I can tell you they, they're willing to sacrifice you know, if they pull it off for a few months, what, tens of millions of dollars for what? Politics? I don't know. Marketing fear? Whatever, man. Get what? Go broke. Is it really worth it? <sighs> Apparently so. Maybe somebody's going to get mad about it. It won't happen again. We'll see. Anyway, I got some more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Well, there you go, folks. The good journalists of CBS have proven vote by mail doesn't work. Okay, 
Not that it doesn't work, but that the margin of error, in my opinion, is unacceptable. They found, I believe, a 3% margin of error. You see what this year feller did over at CBS was they took a bunch of mock ballots, went around, I believe it was Philadelphia, and put the ballots in mailboxes, a bunch of different ones. Then they tried to see how long it would take to actually get the ballots to simulate vote by mail. First, the mail lost all of the ballots. I'm not kidding. They lost all of them. Apparently, the CBS reporter had to argue with them. And then finally, somebody went and looked and found them. And then he found out that a bunch were missing. Eventually, most came in, but the margin of error was actually substantive. 3%. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by 2%. Could you imagine what would happen if 3%, that's millions, literally millions of votes that would be gone? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Vote by mail don't work because there's a lot of problems, okay? There's a lot of problems with vote by mail. Notably, and they point this out on the CBS uh, report, many states are, that uh, the, 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 your, your mail-in ballot has to be postmarked the day of the election, postmarked. Many are received day of the election. So what, what's been happening throughout the country is that 65,000 votes have been disqualified, not through any fault of the individual's but because the post office, oopsie, got lost in the mail. Could you imagine? Listen, listen, you ever hear the old joke where it's like when you owe, back in back in the day when they, before there was the internet, you owed someone money and they'd be like, where's that check? You, you know, that money you owe me must be lost in the mail, right? That's the joke. Could you imagine if you went to like a poll, like, you know, to look up your records to make sure your vote went through and they couldn't find it. And they were like, I'm sorry, sir, your civil rights are lost in the mail. I'd be like, whoa, 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 what? No way, dude. My vote counts. I have a right to vote. So does everybody else. This is going to create widespread voter disenfranchisement. And don't give me any arguments about long lines in polling stations or otherwise. I have a right to vote. And I want to see my vote handed to the person. I say, now you're responsible for it. The post office, they're going to lose it. Well, look, I'll make sure. I think I gave you the gist of what this story is. They mentioned they set up a P.O. box and all that. They couldn't find it. There was a problem. They ended up getting someone else's mail. I kid you not. There was other people's mail in it. It was a disaster. 3% of the vote didn't come through. That's amazing, man. Well, here it is. I hope you're ready for November. Americans may not know who won the presidency or Senate on election night. Stark changes in voting behavior because of the coronavirus pandemic could lead to a delay in results if the election is close. No, it's going to result in lawsuits across the board that seemingly never end. And then there's going to be chaos and bedlam. This is going to happen, man. Think about it. If they missed 3% of the vote in this one mock election, imagine what's going to happen in all these different counties and jurisdictions when the mail-in ballots start flying around. Look, Trump may not have specifically come out and said, the cities and the states and the post office won't be able to handle this properly. They will be overwhelmed. He did say fraud, you know, in China and stuff like that and scandal. But look, the gist of what's being said by Republicans and Trump, I got to tell you, man, they are correct. They're correct. The gist of it is our election integrity is, is at risk. And maybe that's the intent. I have no idea. We're not going to have a clean victory for anybody, no matter what. There's going to be arguments in counties across the country. Do you think that Trump is just going to sit back and be like, in these 17 counties, votes are being disqualified? Nope. 
lawsuit. I want them all counted. And they're going to say no. And then there's going to be the Supreme Court. And then ultimately, you know what might happen? This may be the strategy here from the Democrats to push for mail-in voting may be to create chaos. Just, 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 uh, just some speculation because they think Trump's going to win no matter what. So take the chaos. You know why? Because then if Trump's win is not clean, guess what's going to happen? Russiagate four, four. Yes, that's right. Four. You know why we had Russiagate? Russiagate two, Ukrainian boogaloo. We briefly got Russiagate three, big trouble for Trump with little China. And then we're going to get tainted voter pool, mail-in voter chaos, Russiagate four, whatever. I say Russiagate in the sense that they're trying to argue Trump didn't legitimately win, that he's cheating and colluding with these other countries. This one will be. Trump will win. And they'll say, no, he didn't. They'll say he didn't win. It, the, the, the votes in, in, the, in the lawsuit, we never got a proper count. Joe Biden's going to be, look here, fat. Here's the deal. Trump didn't win. He's not my president. It was a, it was a lawsuit because the votes. And then people are going to be like, but you called for mail-in voting. And they're going to they're going to argue that Trump's frivolous lawsuits held up the process. And because of this, the Supreme Court shut it down. It went to the House and Trump was given the victory. And they will argue Trump is not legitimate and they will give us several more years. They are they're screaming in our faces that we will not know who won the night of the election. Why? Because they want you. They want you to think this is what's going to happen. And I'll tell you this. The founder, the founder of MSNBC wrote an op ed saying this is what's going to happen. There will be no clear electoral victor. It will then go to the Supreme Court who will who will who will shut it down and say we're not going to move forward because the time limit is done. And then it goes to the House and the House is controlled by Republicans and in the delegates. Mind you, a lot of people don't don't get this. I'm not talking about the total amount of reps. I'm talking about state delegations to the House. It's something different. You have to look up the greater context. But the general idea is that there are, I believe, 26 delegations for the Republicans, 24 for the Democrats, and one is tied Pennsylvania. This means Trump will win. But they're going to argue that Trump didn't win legitimately. He won through the courts and he is an illegitimate president. That's the point to taint his victory just like they did. Now, I don't know who's going to win or what's going to happen, but I think it's a fair bet. That's where we're headed. Let's see what they say. NBC News says experts are alarmed by the lack of readiness in some states to efficiently process an expected surge in mail-in ballots. Swing states like Pennsylvania and Michigan haven't historically dealt with large scale mail-in voting and are constrained by rules saying mail- mailed ballots cannot be- begin to be counted until Election Day. What was that? Pennsylvania? Michigan? Hmm. Those are very important states for Trump. And they've already been planting the seed. They've said now the reason these states are going to be the targets because they have Democratic governors, but they have Republican legislatures. I believe that's true for Pennsylvania. I know that's true for Michigan. That way they can argue it's the Republicans who are jamming it up and causing the problems because Trump wants to win the swing states. These are very important states for Trump to win. President Trump carried the two states by razor thin margins. Ah, is that true? Yeah. So what happens? 3%, a few thousand votes, questionable. Joe Biden says, throw them out. Here's the deal. These votes, they didn't come in on time. The rules are the rules. And then Trump says, it's not fair. They're trying to disenfranchise voters. The votes must be counted. And then what happens? They take it to the courts 
and we don't figure out who our president is going to be for another month or two. Yeah, think about how crazy that's going to be. Think about what happens then when the media starts lying, pushing all this fake news. Trump is cheating. Trump is cheating. Trump is cheating. And instead of actually losing, Donald Trump gets forced out through negative press and lawsuits and fights, fighting in the streets. Well, I don't know. Call it whatever you want to call it. Quote, there is no chance that we will know on election night the full vote total in Michigan. Mark Elias, an election lawyer with prominent Democratic clients, told NBC News, neither Michigan nor Pennsylvania have a history of large numbers of absentee ballots being cast. And Michigan law prohibits the absentee ballots from even starting to be counted until polls are closed. You know what that means? The polls close. We say, Here, here's, here's the numbers we expect. But we just started counting the absentees. Sorry, we can't tell you. And now here's the real risk. They're going to start being like, oh, what's that? We found some ballots. They were sitting in this box. Yeah. How much you want to bet we end up seeing something similar to what we saw in 2018? They say, you know what? We're calling it for Trump. He's got the votes. What's this? We found a box in an airport. What's that? Another box was found at the post office. What's this? They're all for Democrats. Yeah. What do you think people are going to say? The right will not stand by and there will be lawsuits. But you know what, man? Mail-in voting, it's easy to cheat. So Trump is saying that he's, you know, that he was asked if he would accept the results. And he said, I'm not going to say yes or no. I didn't last time. I won't now. We'll see what happens. I think there is going to be substantial cheating. I don't know from who or where or why. I'm not going to point the fingers at any party. I'll tell you this, though. The possibility of fraud is very high, like we saw in Patterson, New Jersey. Weird bundles of votes popping up in mailboxes. Signatures didn't match. Then people who are legitimate voters get get rejected. And it's going to be just outright chaos, man. Why? I don't know. I will tell you, though, there's some tomfoolery going on. And I don't trust anybody right now. But it's going to be it's going to be a messy and nasty November. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. I am proud to announce officially with a certified news guard source, aliens exist. Okay, hold on. Let me let me walk that back a little bit. Maybe that's a little too much. Off-world vehicles not made on this earth exist. All right. That, okay, hold on. Let me walk that back again. A guy who briefed senators claimed they exist. A lot of people are jumping up and down as though this is proof aliens exist or that vehicles were made off world. It is none of these things. The New York Times issued a major correction and everyone's making fun of them now. I'm sorry, friends. I know we're all really excited that aliens will be coming to Earth. We got the UFO and the Timcast IRL. Everybody loves to see it spin. But right now, what we have is just more speculation. Perhaps there will be a release of documents and we will learn a bit about these unidentified aerial phenomena but we do not right now have evidence of aliens or even off-world vehicles for that for that matter. But okay, okay. I'm sorry to have burst your bubble, but you know me, look, I need the facts. I got to be a realist. No conspiracy theories here, as much as the far left would try to smear it. Sorry. All of these mainstream outlets that are screaming UFOs for quick clicks. Nah, it's probably just you know, it's another one of these stories, man. We just don't know. But let me read and we'll see what they say. The National Review reports Pentagon consultant briefed senators on discovery of off-world vehicles not made on this earth. So maybe there's something here. A consultant for the Pentagon UFO program is speaking out about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made, of this earth, not made on this earth. 
Eric Davis, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and then a consultant for the Pentagon UFO program since 07, told the New York Times he gave a classified briefing to a Defense Department agency as recently as March about the alleged off-world vehicles. He also gave classified briefings on retrievals of unexplained objects to staff members of the Senate Armed Service Committee and the Senate Intelligence Committee last October. Davis said that in some cases, he had failed to determine the source of recovered materials, leading him to conclude we couldn't make it ourselves. Let me stop you right there, man. The biggest explanation, like the most, like the most likely explanation is just a technological boost from another nation. And just because he doesn't get it doesn't mean it's alien. I defer you to Mr. Ben Smith of the New York Times, who said, like so many narratives these days, the UFO cover up on, uh, the UFO cover up one works best with the assumption that the U.S. is the only country on Earth. Bravo, good sir. He is correct. There's a bunch of other countries. They got technological advancements, too. And while we're focusing on developing, you know, whatever technology we're developing, they could maybe develop things we don't even realize. I mean, come on. Nobody knew about the nukes, right? That shocked everybody. They were like, what was that? The Americans have something truly devastating. It's entirely possible that China, Russia, or anybody has some kind of material we don't know about. So why assume just because we can't make it, no human could have made it? Unless, of course, it truly was profoundly unique. Though the Pentagon had said it disbanded a program to investigate unidentified flying objects, the Times reported that investigations into encounters between military pilots and UAV unidentified aerial vehicles continue under a renamed program, the UAP task force inside the Office of Naval Intelligence. While the program is not classified, it deals with classified matters. A Senate committee report last month said the program was to, quote, standardize collection and reporting on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles. The program was ordered to report at least some of its findings to the public within 180 days after the passing of the Intelligence Authorization Act. The Pentagon's program previous program's previous director, Luis Elizondo, a former military intelligence official who resigned in October of 2017, after 10 years of the program, said he is convinced that objects of undetermined origin have crashed on Earth with materials retrieved for study. Elizondo's belief is shared by a group of former government officials, as well as scientists and security officials, all of whom cannot present physical proof. Picks or didn't happen. Give me the proof. I'm not going to sit here and play games. I want to see the evidence. But, I'll, but I'll, I'll take it for what it's worth. If we got these former government officials saying straight up, this has happened. All right. I hear you. I hear you. I'll, I'll be a bit more reserved. We'll see how things play out. They say, however, some previously unexplained incidents do have earthly explanations. And astrophysicists stress that even those lacking explanations are not necessarily caused by aliens. He says extra, extraterrestrial oddities. While Harry Reid, the former Senate Majority Leader, who has been involved in the effort, told the Times he hopes the program will seek evidence of otherworldly vehicles, the program's main objective is to uncover whether other nations are using breakout aviation technology that may threaten the U.S. in either case. Reid says it is extremely important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out. I'm going to tell you this right now. Listen, suppose we are in a grand simulation then maybe what they really found is just like, you know, some, some moderators, you know, admin tool. And they're like, what is this strange vessel? Well, when you play video games, sometimes 
the admins have special items. I'm kidding about the simulation thing, but there's a lot of reasons, a lot of ways to explain this. And least of all would be aliens, I guess. I suppose aliens is more likely than simulation, maybe. Or I mean, to me, it's all kind of absurd. Okay, maybe aliens are way more likely than simulation theory, but I don't know. A lot of people really do think simulation theory is a legit thing. The very least, come on, man. The Russians or the Chinese built some kind of new material. They're using it in, in some kind of uh, um, you know aviation technology we don't know about. Maybe they opted for speed and maneuverability while we opted for big old bombs. It's, that's, it really is that simple, man. Acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, Marco Rubio, said earlier this month that he is principally concerned about reports of unidentified aircraft over American military bases. I completely agree. He said it is in the government's interest to find the responsible party, expressing concern that China or Russia could have made some, quote, technological leap that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. And that's the common sense. If you get wrapped up in believing all of this is aliens, you're going to get surprised when we go to war. <clears throat> if we go to war with China, mm-hmm, you get the point. While Rubio said some unidentified aerial vehicles over the U.S. bases may have featured technologies not in use in America, he also said maybe there is a completely sort of boring explanation for it, but we need to find out. Yeah, well, the story originated with the New York Times and friends, I have bad news once again. I know you come here, fingers crossed, hoping for some grand, you know, magical moment where life is just more fun than it really is. I'll tell you what, 2020 has been magical in that regard. It's been just chaos across the board. Can't say it's boring. And if you told me aliens did come, I'd say, you know what, at this point, I'd probably believe it. However, we have this tweet from Tom Gara. First, let me show you this correction. An earlier version of this article inaccurately rendered remarks attributed to Harry Reid, the retired Senate majority leader from Nevada. Mr. Reid said he believed that crashes of objects of unknown origin may have occurred and that retrieved materials should be studied. He did not say that crashes had occurred and that retrieved materials had been studied secretly for decades. Tom says, if I was the New York Times quoting the former Senate majority leader on the record as confirming the government has been studying the debris of crashed UFOs for decades, I would simply confirm that he actually said it before publishing it. Yes, the New York Times misattributed that quote. They got it wrong. Everybody started running around screaming off-world vehicles, off-world vehicles. And the only thing I could really find, no. The government, the Pentagon, does not have evidence of this. What we have is a consultant who briefed senators on the discovery of what he thinks are off-world vehicles not made on this earth. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what. It could mean a lot of things. Maybe people want to believe it's aliens because it's more fun to believe it's aliens. Maybe it really is aliens, man. I mean, it's 2020. You know, who knows? Everybody was joking like the aliens are next. Maybe. You know what? You know, I got to I got to be honest with you guys, man. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go there. You know, what's more likely than aliens. It's more likely that uh, some World War Two Germans took a rocket ship to the far side of the moon and set up a moon base like that movie. What is it? <laughs> what is that movie called? Uh, deep. Um, what is it? I don't know. There's a movie about Nazis on the moon or some ridiculous. It's 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 so silly and absurd. I'm sorry, man. But that's more likely than aliens at this point. And even that it seems absurd. A lot of people really want to believe that aliens are likely. But look, based on what we know about the universe, it's just not really that <clears throat> it's not really that simple. It's not you know, it's, it's not that simple. But I'll tell you this, the, 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 the space Nazi thing is funny. 
what do I think it might actually be if it's not if it's off world? If he's if he's being honest about off world vehicles, maybe a foreign country has just set up a, a base on the moon, and maybe they didn't tell us. That's it's really that simple. China, we've we've all been experimenting with rocketry and space travel. Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. We went to the moon a long time ago. Seriously, a long time ago. What are we looking at now? Like 50, 60, or, or what is it? Uh, set, 60, oh, about 50 years, I think. We went, uh, oh, no, 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 wait, I'm way off. No, 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 right. I know, that's right. I'm about 50 years. So in that time, could somebody have set up a base where they're building vehicles, which then try to return to Earth and then crash? Yes. But even that seems far-fetched. It's more likely that somebody in Russia or China just built a, a, a an aerial vehicle, and they're not telling us because it's a weapon. But we want to believe, don't we? Sorry to burst your bubble, everybody. Enjoy the speculation. Maybe I'm wrong. And I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel.